Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, Architects listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn ways to invest wisely but avoid investment scams. So stay tuned to this show some, for some very interesting and beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, May the 29th, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we, we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the current issue of the best of times at one of our 270 distribution locations. Thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, the June issue of the 2021 issue of the best of times will come out on June the 1st. If you're unable to find a copy, you can always visit our popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our, our magazine, as well as to view and download the 2021 Silver Pages. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Speaking of the 2021 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, it is available at some of our 270 distribution locations. The printed copies are quite limited. But again, as I mentioned, you can visit our website to view it and download it, uh, the 2021 Silver Pages from thebestoftimesnews.com. We'll be right back with more information, but now work more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kalidas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 101.7 FM and 710. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 101.7 FM and 710 Key. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a very special guest. It's Mr. Eric Bustello who is the Regional Director of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission's Regional Office, located at their Miami Regional Office. So thank you, Eric, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thanks to you, Gary, and your listeners for, you know, once again giving me the opportunity to uh, join your uh, radio show. So tell our listeners a little bit about what SEC's mission is. Sure. So, the you know, the Securities and Exchange Commission is, an independent, uh, you know, agency of the federal government. Uh, we regulate, um, you know, the investment markets, uh, stock markets, uh, and our mission uh, is to protect investors and to facilitate uh, capital formation. You know, obviously, uh, you know, my job is primarily on the investor protection side, uh, and that includes, among other things, you know, educating investors on, on hopefully how you know, how to avoid getting defrauded. Were, were, were any of these particular investment frauds or Ponzi schemes or pyramid schemes, like, decreased during this COVID 
pandemics in 2020 and continuing now, have they decreased or increased? So, you know, interesting you should say that. Um, you know, the, we've actually been extremely busy over the last year. Wow. Uh, I mean, it is unfortunately that fraudsters, you know, will take advantage of things like, you know, natural disasters and other and other events. And so, believe it or not, they, you know, just as we thought they would, they took advantage of the fact that we were in the middle of a, a pandemic. And pretty early on, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we knew, um, you know, based on history that these fraudsters take advantage of situations like this, but we quickly, you know, dedicated resources to identify a lot of these schemes. And so, you know, we quickly uh, found, you know, many companies who were putting out, uh, you know, press releases with uh, false information about things like they had products and they had services uh, that would help with, uh, with the virus. Uh, in fact, my office, you know, quickly investigated and put together a case. And we ended up filing the first enforcement action uh, at the beginning of the pandemic against the company uh, and the head of that company uh, because they were basically claiming publicly uh, that the company had gotten access to a very large number of N95 masks, something that now we've all become extremely, you know, familiar with, something that obviously pre-pandemic nobody... Nobody really knew what an N95 mask, uh, but as, as we all know, at the beginning of the pandemic, these things were an incredibly short supply, and it was very, very difficult to get. And so in the case of this one company, they were, you know, putting out press releases to the effect that they had access to millions of them and that they could, you know, uh, make them available uh, for sale. Uh, of course, you know, our quick investigation quickly showed that that wasn't the case. In fact, they had absolutely no no uh, access whatsoever to any such uh, N95 mask. Uh, and our view was that they were doing so with with the, the intent to cost the price of the stock to go up. In other words, make the you know that stock particularly more valuable because obviously at the time everyone knew that getting masks was extremely difficult and that anybody who had them, especially in such uh, large quantities, you know, would be able to uh, generate substantial revenue from it. And that was just one of many examples. I mean, we you know, we quickly moved to uh, suspend trading on a number of uh, stocks of primarily smaller companies who were quickly making claims, um, you know, that they had things like masks or that they had technologies that, you know, would basically help with the virus, that they had, you know, filtration systems. I mean, you name it. Uh, and so, again, a good example of how, you know, fraudsters will take advantage of whatever the situation is uh, to try to make a quick buck at the expense of, uh, of investors. So the follow-up question I have is, do you send investigators to say this N95 mass uh, uh, fraudulent scheme is telling and sending to seniors and boomers and everybody else like me? I, I would get an email from her and release... You know, we have them for $75 now per mass. Send us your money, and we'll send it to you eventually. That That's part of the fraud? So so, so here the fraud was that the company was, you know, making, you know, issuing these press releases, making these false claims uh, so that they could uh, influence the price of the stock. They wanted oh, the price of the stock the to Oh, just the opposite. Okay. Entry. Okay. Exactly. So, so that it, it's often what we refer to as a classic pump and dump scheme where the company will put out false information with a view to pump the price of the stock 
Mm. And then typically you have the insiders, ones that stock gets to a certain price, you have the insiders dumping the stock, oh. uh, their own stock for their own benefit, they make substantial gains, uh, and then they stop making those claims and the price of the stock collapses. And ultimately it's the, uh, unfortunately, the uh, victim investors that end up holding stock that is certainly nowhere near uh, as worth as they thought it was based on the claims that uh, the company was disseminating to them and other members of the public. So, well, uh, I mean, that was sort of the nature of, of the case here. Well, but I know what my listeners would be asking. So he's going they're thinking back there, and I'm thinking the same question. How does, how does the SEC know these are happening in the background? I mean, do you get every press release and you review every? I don't, I don't think all these companies even all that may be required, but they probably say, I forgot to send it to you. Is that the, how no, do you find out about fact, it? How do you find out about the fraudulent ones? You're, you're right about that. I mean, they're not required to send us press releases. That, that mean that the law doesn't require that. Uh, what we did at the beginning of the pandemic is we formed a task force to proactively identify uh, these schemes. So, you know, you know, we've got a lot of technical tools internally that allow us to uh, sort of scour the internet, uh, you know, identify press releases and other things, and then to the extent that they look suspicious uh, or they appear to perhaps uh, involve fraud, then, you know, we'll look at it, you know, uh, a little more closely and determine whether, you know, in this case, for example, the claims that were being made were, were accurate or not. And so we try to do a lot of proactive work uh, because obviously, look, we have limited resources, uh, and so our goal is to to try to uh, you know be as proactive as, as possible using you know a lot of technical tools that we've developed internally to identify these things. In addition, because we would like to identify them as early as possible, so we can put a stop to them and and avoid from having you know uh, more investors you know hurt by these schemes. So again, I'm sure it takes a little while to develop a case, and I'm just thinking about the the, the investor that got built with this system. They invested in this company that gave out false information, and you know they 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 bought it in as it was going quite high, and then it got dumped, and it went, went you know belly under. Do those claimants, do those yes, stockholders, so have have rights to? file against this particular company, which probably doesn't have any money now. Yes, and what we did, you know, so in this case, we actually, um, you know, did a great job for the investors. What we did is, one of the tools that we have is that we have the ability to suspend the trading of a stock if the information that the company is disseminating okay, is false. Right. And so we did that. And so we quickly suspended the trading of, of the stock, and that prevented uh uh, basically investors, you know, from getting harmed. So we actually, you know, kind of got it right at the beginning as they were awesome. beginning to disseminate these press releases with a view to start costing the stock price to go up. Uh, suspended trading quickly, proceeded to complete our investigation to verify that indeed they, you know, they never had the so-called mask that they claimed to have had, uh, and then pursue enforcement action against the company. Uh, and the head of this company. So let's let's move on. Uh, might explain to our listeners what are Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes. Yeah, so, you know, Ponzi schemes, unfortunately, is something that, you know, we continue to see over and over. Uh, I mean, in fact, I mean, Ponzi schemes have now become sort of part of the, of the day-to-day parlance. Uh, most people understand what it is, but in essence, what it is, is where one of these fraudsters will use 
uh, you know, the the monies that he gets from, let's say, investor number two to pay the promised returns to investor number one. Um, so the company, even though they, they claim that, uh, you know, the investor is investing in a company that's going to do, you know, and they look, they've used all kinds of different things, uh, that the company is going to invest in real estate, that the company is going to, you know, lend monies out, uh, you know, uh, to small businesses, that the company is going to, uh, you know, lend money out, uh, lend monies out in the way of mortgages. Um, but in reality, we find out that ultimately what they're really doing is there is no real legitimate business or most of it is not legitimate, but they're just using new investor money to pay prior investors. Wow. Um, and so they can keep that going for quite a bit, depending on how successful they are at continuing to raise money. Um, obviously, because of the nature of the scheme, at some point it will collapse because you're never going to be able to uh, you know, continue to raise money forever, certainly not uh, at the rate and speed that you would need in order to be able to continue to pay your prior investors the money wow. that you promised them. Uh, and so, you know, so you're they, saying to yeah, me they, those are continuing, even though people have been, I hate to say, gullible in the past. They've been taken for these, and sometimes I've, I've heard about them in my area. You would you would think they would do a little bit more investigation before giving their hundred thousand or a million dollars to a particular uh, investment group that they never heard of before. That's sad. That's yeah, I mean, unfortunately, they they go on, they continue to go on. I mean, just to give you an idea. In the last two to three years, we had uh, we had one uh, involving uh, a so-called real estate scheme that raised one point three billion dollars from what? ten thousand investors. Billion dollars? Um, a billion. One point three. Yes. Wow. A, a billion three hundred million. Uh, we had another one that raised uh, close to four hundred million. Uh, more recently, actually, uh, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, we filed an emergency action to shut down another one uh, that had raised approximately half a billion dollars, so five hundred million dollars. Wow. So, and of course, affected. I mean, if you individually, each of these cases affected thousands. Collectively, you know, it was in the tens of thousands of investors that were hurt. Now, unfortunately, many of these tend to be uh, either retirees or people who use their retirement money uh, to invest in these things. Uh, and so we continue to see those. Um, but what we see is that sort of the nature and magnitude of these schemes seems to be getting bigger. You know, when you look at it from from the perspective of the amount of money that they've been able to raise. And it's sad. It's these individual seniors and boomers and others that have, they're, they're trying to take, are, are getting that song and dance saying, you get high return, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get tremendous amount, maybe you're 2 or 3% or 1% you're getting, you're going to get like 50% or 30%. They give them all these figures, right? They entice yeah, them. Yeah, and actually, Gary, I mean, you know, you kind of raise an interesting point. So what we've seen, you know, lately, uh, you know, we all know that interest rates have been incredibly low, right? right? So if you have your money in the bank and, you know, you put your money in a certificate of deposit, I mean, you're lucky if you can get 1% a year, okay? So, and this is why, you know, retirees and people who are investing their retirement money, you know, become, you know, uh, even more vulnerable. So what we're seeing is that a lot of these uh, policy schemes uh, are pitching an investment where the rate of return that they're promising to you 
is not exorbitant. They're not saying you're going to generate 20% or 30% or 40%. They'll tell you you're going to generate maybe 6% or 7%, mm. which by itself, you know, by historical standards, doesn't seem that high, right? Right. But when compared to the fact that you may only be able to generate 1% by keeping your money in the bank or something that has no risk, um, you know, 5 or 6 or 7%, sounds very attractive. Moreover, you know, many retirees rely on that extra income to be able to retire. And so where they now can't, can barely generate any sort of interest from a safe uh, investment, uh, such as some sort of a bank instrument, you know, when they're pitched, you know, uh, with an investment that generates 5 or 6%, especially since, you know, these fraudsters, you know, will make, you know, will emphasize how safe and secure it is because they claim that they have real estate behind it or or that it's, uh, you know, loans, but they're, they're collateralized by real estate. You know, they make it, you know, appear to be very, very safe. Uh, so the return that they're promising you is not exactly, you know, exorbitant by historical standards, but it's very attractive in light of today's very low interest Yes, that's true. But compared to one or less than one in six, that's six times too much. So they're, right. it, it, attra- it attracts them. But you know, hope in the old days when we had the eight and ten percent already, they they would have to go up the twenties to get to get somebody's attention now. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now, work from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abares Ten and Country Roast Report. Your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Mr. Eric Bastillo, who is the Regional Director of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, located at their Miami Regional Office. So thank you again, Eric, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Yes, Gary. So let's let's follow up on, on some other schemes. Is it still, you've been still seeing some oil and gas schemes in the area? Or, or throughout so, your jurisdiction? You know, whenever you see the the price of oil uh, and gas, um, you know, uh, increase, you know, you tend to see, you know, a a bit of an upturn in those types of schemes. Um, So it varies. But, I mean, throughout the years, I mean, they sort of come and go depending on, you know, the price of oil and the the price of gas. Uh, You know, obviously oil and gas um, was severely affected during the pandemic because obviously the demand and consumption of those products, you know, was significantly reduced. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm certainly not going to be surprised to see those uh, again in the future as well. You know, history tells us that, um, you know, they're somewhat cyclical, but you then you do tend to see those uh, those schemes where they you know, try to raise money because they claim that they've got some, you know, oil wells that, that are extremely that that are performing extremely well and will generate you know some incredible returns. I'm sure we'll see those again. Wow. So during the the COVID scenario, I hardly got any of these particular investment companies throughout the United States 
who may be driving through my area offered a free lunch or free dinner to come see how I can put my money into their particular plans or plans. And, but, I, but I didn't see too much in 2020, but now in 2021 I'm starting to get inundated by these. So tell me a little bit about these free dinner, free lunch offers. And what should we what should we watch ourselves? Yeah, so uh, you know, obviously the pandemic caused us to not be in a position to you know go to a lot of these because obviously we had to sort of keep socially apart and uh, in order to make sure that we kept uh, ourselves safe. Um, but historically, these are you know uh, you know oftentimes we see that these so-called free lunch offers are connected to products that ultimately turned out to be fraudulent investment products. It's basically a way where they entice you to come in, they'll give you a free lunch, and then they basically, you know, they do, they basically do a hard sell on you uh, on whatever particular investment, you know, they're trying to get you to basically uh, buy or invest in. Uh, And so we always tell people, you know, that that should be, you know, uh, that's usually what we call one of the, uh, one of the red flags of fraud, uh, you know, be careful. I mean, I'm not suggesting that every single one of these is a fraud, uh, but oftentimes, you know, they're being used uh, as a way to basically pitch something that ultimately turns out to be fraudulent. Uh, you know, whether it's a free lunch or some sort of a workshop, uh, again, you know, the, the old adage, there is no free lunch. I mean, they bring you in for a purpose, and that is to, you know, have you be part of a captive audience where, you know, these people who can be extremely good and persuasive at selling you something, uh, you know, will basically, in essence, sort of prey upon you uh, to invest in whatever product they're selling. So uh, let, let's, so say, let's, very, very let's say a, a person wants to attend one of these. Is it okay for them I'm sh- to contact your office or some office to find out if it's a questionable investment o- opportunity before she attends? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you uh, if you get something that just doesn't look right, uh, I mean, the investment that seems to be connected to the pre-launch offer or the workshop just doesn't seem to be right, you know, by all means. I mean, reach out to, to us. Uh, I mean, that's how we learn oftentimes about, you know, these fraudulent uh, schemes. And so it's actually incredibly important for us to hear from, you know, from the investing public. As much as we ourselves try to identify these uh, internally proactively, you know, many of our cases come to our attention because people, you know, will reach out to us. Uh, so, yes, the, the answer is yes. We want people to reach out to us. I don't know if you want me to do it now, but I can give you yeah. a number. Of, Go ahead. Give a of, number. Of, of ways. So, you know, first of all, you know, I want to emphasize we have an extremely – uh, good website that has all kinds of information uh, that any investor should visit before uh, deciding to invest in anything. And that website is investor.gov. G-O-V. So it's investor.gov. I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R dot G-O-V. Okay? That is correct. And you will find anything from you know, various uh, risk, uh, you know, alerts that we put out for uh, investors, uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, publications on, you know, how different investment products work, um, financial tools and calculators that people can use. Uh, I mean, it's just really an incredibly 
valuable resource, Eric, so I highly uh, recommend it. I will endorse it as well. I've been to it many times, and I uh, it's a very, very good, very beneficial website. I've learned a lot of information, and I do check some things. I have checked several several investment decisions based upon this particular website, so it is very good. Um, it's very up-to-date, to too. You update it quite quite uh, regularly. It's not it's not an old same. It doesn't sit there for years, nothing being done. It, it's really dynamic, very dynamic. So, right. again, but let me give you a toll-free number. couple of numbers if you want, yes. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they should feel free to call my office, and our number here is 305-982-982. 6300, so that's 305-982-6300, and they can also ha- call a 1-800 number that we have, so that's 1-800-732-0330, okay. so again, that's 1-800-732-0330. In addition, Eric, you- we have placed that those numbers in our senior research directory for I think this is the third year we have it in there and I know that some people have called that number <laughs> because they've told me they did they found it in our ma- in our uh, annual resource directory for seniors and boomers in our area and that, that number is in the toll free number is listed in there. It's also listed if you go to investor.gov there's yes. an area there on how to contact us you can find that there so if you didn't get a chance to write it down just feel free to go to that website. Okay, so let I want to go back to this free dinner, free lunch offers because a lot of people are calling Gary, and I want you to give them a couple of pointers here. They're 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 all they want to hear. They see the fancy flyer that comes in the mail, or yeah, I mean, it's, most of them are very elaborate, and 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 uh, and a lot of the promises they make in these are like really strong to me. I mean, a lot of it, you know. And you're right. There are a lot of them are using the byline. Why make half percent, one percent, tenth of percent? You know, we can get you up to six to ten percent. And uh, and I tell a, a, one lady that was calling me, and I, she said, "Are you going to go to this one? Did you get the invitation?" I says, "Yes, ma'am, I did, but I'm not going. Uh, I I never heard of these people before. And the other thing is, they just probably fly in or drive through and." buy a list and send it to all seniors of a certain age with certain demographics. Isn't that right? Is that how they pick That's them? That's exactly right, Gary. I mean, they, they, um, they are often targeting a specific audience, whether they be retirees, um, uh, because they're, you know, they, they want, those are the types of investors they're looking for. Um, you know, my point is, if you do go to one of these, okay, uh, what I suggest to you is, you know, their goal is to get you to basically invest right then and there. Uh, don't do that. Um, you want to go in, you want to listen to what they have to say, which, again, should be highly suspect to begin with. Uh, and if you if you know what the name of the company is and what the type of investment they're offering, you have the ability to do some research even before you go. Uh, but if you do decide to go, do not, I repeat, do not invest right there on the spot. Get all the information, take it back do some research, uh, and then decide whether it is a legitimate company, whether it is a legitimate investment, and whether it ultimately, you know, fits your your goals, right? I mean, uh, whether it's a type of investment, assuming that it is legitimate, that fits with your financial goals and your financial needs. Um, anytime somebody basically, you know, tells you that 
you got to invest right now that, you know, that's putting pressure. You got to invest because everybody's buying it. You got to invest because there's only a limited amount of, uh, of these products and you're going to miss out on something. Um, that is usually false. There is no such thing when it comes to investments. Uh, and so, uh, do not, uh, you know, do not basically fall to that pressure. Uh, because as I said, these people can be very, very good about, you know, uh, getting, getting you to basically sign that check over to them, uh, you know, uh, and ultimately, you know, that may very well turn out to be a fraudulent investment and you may never see your money again. So, you know, the one thing that I always tell investors, do some research before you ultimately invest in it. Um, as I said, uh, you need to know about the company. You need to know about what the company does. You need to know about who runs the company. How does the investment work? Um, you know, how does it, how is it going to generate a rate of return for you? Uh, are, you know, are there, they should be able to provide you with documentation about the company, about the people running the company, about how the company operates, how it's going to generate a return for you. All of that is required. Uh, companies that sell securities to the public are generally required to file all that with us at the SEC, and it's extensive, including financial statements and things of that nature. And if you feel that these documents are just too complex and you don't quite understand a lot of what's in them, then seek the advice of somebody who can help you understand these documents and ultimately understand the company and the invest and the investment. Uh, you should never invest in something that you don't understand uh, how it works, how it's likely to generate a return for you. Well, what I want you to get across to all my listeners out there, because they're get, they're getting inundated. I, I've got four or five in the past month uh, requests, and I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know people know me because the radio show, the magazine I've been doing for 21 years. I tend to get calls, letters, and emails from people. Are you invited to go this one? If you go, I will go. Um, and I have attended some in the past. I haven't attended. I plan to attend any recently. I might because there's some new companies I've never heard of before. Uh, but I think you you brought up a real good point that don't feel pressured because I've been at some of them. I had some ladies, I know them, and the the, the speakers were intimidating these and, and widow. They were all widowers uh, about you know you I know your your husband would have want you to to do this. it have been good for you and good for your grandchildren and your great grandchildren that you invest right now and not right now. Is, is a dangerous word. I hate it when they say right now, you know. And, like, they were intimidated, and I, I have, they hated me for doing this. I interjected. I said, sir, really? Do you really think they, that we need to sign right now? And he said, of course you do. If you don't, you're going to miss the opportunity. We're going to go to another city, and it's going to be gone. And, you know, it's like that kind of pressure is, is really, they're good actors. I mean, I'm telling you, Right. Do you think some of these presenters are excellent actors? Absolutely, Gary. I mean, your successful con man is good at it because that's exactly what they do. Look, I think the biggest red flag is anybody that tells you or tries to pressure you into investing right away. Frankly, any legitimate uh, individual within our industry who basically sells legitimate investments should be doing quite the opposite, should be giving you information about the investment, telling you to basically review it carefully, think about it, uh, and then ultimately decide whether to invest. If they're trying to pressure you, if they're basically saying you need to invest now, that in and of itself probably one of the biggest red flags that that product is a fraud. Uh, and I'm telling you, if, if that's what's going on, don't do it. Don't succumb to that pressure. Don't invest. And I was probably at, the best thing. If I was you're going to go to one of these, 
uh-huh. do not take your checkbook with you. That way, <laughs> even if they're very good at pressuring you, you won't have the physical ability to actually give you, give them any of your money. Okay. Don't I'm, give them your bank account. Don't give them any of that. What is your opinion? Again, I'm trying to educate my listeners out there. Be your expertise here. When they don't answer your question or say, we'll, we'll, we'll get that in about five, ten minutes later on the presentation. What does that, what, is that a, is that a flag? Absolutely. Um, if, if it's a legitimate investment, they should be able to answer every single one of your questions. Um, they should be able to provide you with documentation that actually answers all of those questions. Why is that? Because the law requires, the federal securities law requires that investors be provided with all the information that they need to be able to make an informed decision as to whether or not to invest in a particular investment. That is the premise, the critical premise of the federal securities laws, that we want to make sure that each and every investor is provided with all the information that the law requires them to um, to get so that they can make an informed decision about an investment. They're not willing to give you that. They're not willing to get, answer your questions. They're not willing to give you things, uh, you know, on paper. Um, it's more likely a fraud, basically, and you should walk away uh, because you're going to regret it if you do end up investing in something like that. Okay, so here's another uh, follow-up. I want your opinion on this one. I was at one seminar, and I don't think we talked about it years ago when you were on the show. I had an individual that um, all, all of a sudden in this presentation, he gets up and says, oh, I've invested in this company for many years, and I've had a great return. He was giving them a testimonial. And I'm thinking to myself, is this legit or not? I'm thinking to myself, I didn't know how to question the dude because I didn't recognize him. I mean, he mentioned his name when everybody introduced themselves. But how do you determine it's not a ploy? It's not a setup actor in the audience with all of us. You make a great point, Gary. And that happens. You know, we see that happening with some frequency. They will get people in that audience who sort of play the role of an investor uh, who basically will go ahead and say things like that. Why? Because, again, these people are master conmen. Their goal is to get you to basically, they want to get you excited. They want to get you to that point where you're willing to sign that check right then and there. Um, and so, you know, just because there's people in that audience that claim to be investors, that claim to have done well with it, again, uh, I, I would not give that any credibility whatsoever. Um, take the information. Uh, assuming they're willing to give you, you know, documentation on that investment, research it thoroughly before you decide, you know, to invest. But I can tell you that most investments are not, most legitimate investments are not sold through these, you know, free lunches or workshops or True. dinners or any of that. That's well, not how typically legitimate investments are sold. Okay, and well, that's why we always tell people that those that's a red flag in and of itself. So one more case scenario, True. Uh, I was at one. Again, I've, I've done a few of these. I could probably write a lecture on this one. Uh, so one of the ones I went to, they went through the spiel, and at the end, who's going to join up? Who's going to sign up? And for some reason, they knew who I was, and especially what I do. And they point blank said, well, if Gary invests and he feels this is good, I hope all of y'all will join with Gary. And I said, excuse me, I haven't made my decision yet. Don't use me as an advocate. They were that was so quick. They used my name, title, and the best of times, etc., to try to get everybody else to join in. The, join in. That's right. Oh, oh, they'll still again, uh, and typically these are lies. They'll say, and uh, you know, in the audience is uh, John Smith, who's a retired police officer, 
you know, who's been investing with us, you know, uh, look to a, you know, to a uh, typical individual say, wow, you know, we've got a retired police officer. They've been in law enforcement. Who better would know, you know, whether this is a, a you know, a fraud or not? Again, these people will use anything uh, to, to basically get you to invest. Remember, their goal is to make sure that they get as many people who come to that lunch uh, to invest. They don't want to let you go without, you know, doing their best to get you to invest. Otherwise, they wouldn't be bringing you, you know, for a free lunch. They're not going to sure. spend money to give you documents and basically say, you know, go back home and uh, think about <laughs> it and, uh, uh, and, you know, let us know. No, I mean, th their goal is to get you in there. They, you know, they get you riled up. They basically... You know, they put a very compelling case. They, you know, they come by physically and, you know, they tell you you're going to make all kinds of money. Your, you know, your grandkids are going to, you know, end up uh, benefiting from this. You know, look at, you know, about all the things you're going to be able to make, you know, do with all this extra money. Again, none of that happens in a legitimate investment offering. And so that in and of itself should immediately tell you that you're not. Uh, being solicited to invest in something that's legitimate. Okay, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're with our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abears Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebers Tented Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest. It's Mr. Eric Bastillo, who is the Regional Director of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, formerly known as S. EC, uh, located at their Miami regional office. So thank you, Eric, for joining us today. I've learned a lot of new information. Hope my listeners out there have as well. So, Thanks, Eric, Eric. so continuing on our discussion, I don't want to continue to elaborate about this uh, free lunch. Because I think it, they're increasing exponentially. Can you say that is happening throughout the United States, or am I just seeing it in my neck of the woods here? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, we've seen it for years. You know, obviously, as you well pointed out, the pandemic put a slowed them down because people couldn't really, you know, go to places where they would congregate with others. I'm sure we're going to start seeing them again. I think you've already indicated you, you started seeing them again. Um, you know, look, that's a very effective way for uh, for them, you know, for fraudsters to pitch their investments. Uh, they're usually targeted at seniors uh, and retirees. Look, I mean, retirees have a little more time. They're, they're happy to go uh, to, you know, some of these events. You know, if you know if, if they can get a free lunch or a free dinner or something else, uh, you know they're happy to get that as well. So I think to some degree, you know, they prey on 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 that group because they know they're more likely to show up for these things. I mean, oftentimes these things are during the day, so you know, uh, for a lot of us, if we work, you know, we wouldn't have the ability to go to them. So they're specifically usually targeting, you know, senior investors, retirees. Uh, for a lot of different reasons. A, because they have the time to go to these things. B, because, you know, in many instances, uh, you know, retirees have been able to, over the course of many years, save and put money away, and uh, and so they know that, um, you know, they have money. These people, you know, especially in today's day and age, there's, 
you can buy, you know, very specific information with some very specific demographics. So, you know, I can buy information that tells me, um, you know, retirees or senior investors in a particular area uh, where they're likely to have, you know, uh, significant savings and maybe even investments. Um, because in, in this day and age of technology and computers and the Internet, um, you know, demographics about people and groups uh, is something that is readily accessible. So these, these, these folks are very good about targeting exactly who they want to go after, i.e. seniors, retirees, who are likely to have savings that they would be willing to. And, and that, you're talking about that list, that list, once that person gets it, uh, the, the, the person who makes the invitation, when they attend, they quiz them. They, they seem like they're their best friend because they know a lot of their details of their profile. They didn't even submit to them. I mean, it's available Absolutely. on the Internet. It's amazing when I go to some of these, though I'm a little bit known, but it's amazing how much they know about, about you before you even start chatting with the people, which is, makes right. me scary. Like, you know, this identity theft, they probably got more stuff than, they, than I, I was told about. Um, okay, uh, one other aspect. I can tell you we're talking about these free lunch offers, everybody, and these uh, by investment firms that invest in stocks and portfolios, real estate, you name it. Um, but what happens if an individual gives them $50,000 check and says, here's, uh, here's the money, uh, send me the documents, I'm leaving? They shouldn't do that, should they? Absolutely not. I, I, you know, as I said, never invest in one of these uh, there. Um, How do you get the money back? That's what I'm going to want you to emphasize. How do you get the money back once you give it to them? Yeah, I I mean, look. You go back to your grandson who says, Mother, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have given him a $50,000 check. You know, you're checking Unfortunately, Gary, if it turns out to be that it's a fraudulent investment, you have to understand that these people are very good. Their goal is to get access to that cash immediately uh, and to dissipate it immediately. Uh, And that's why when... We come up, we come across, you know, these schemes where the fraud is ongoing. We try to move very, very quickly so we can. In fact, what we do is we get enough information. We go to a court. We seek an emergency order stopping the fraud. We seek an emergency order freezing assets. And in many instances, we actually even seek uh, the appointment of what we call a receiver, which is a person that literally, with that order, shows up at the business. Uh, and with, you know, with the help of typically law enforcement, and they literally take over that business, they take over bank accounts, uh, and all aspects of that business. But, you know, my point is, you don't want to invest in one of these in the first uh, instance because the likelihood of you recovering all your money is not all that good. I mean, we've been successful in ultimately getting people back monies in many of these schemes, but I can tell you that it's rare the occasion where we're able to get 100% uh, of the money back to an investor. You know, we've been able to get 30 and 40% and 50%, which, by the way, by historical standards, is, is, it's a huge return. Uh, but then that also takes years, okay, because the legal process can take a while. Uh, and in the meantime, if you were relying on that money to be able to, you know, supplement your retirement, you're not going to have access to that. That's why we spend so much time you know, hopefully educating people to make sure that they don't end up investing in something that turns out to be a fraud because the likelihood of recovery of that money is pretty, pretty small. 
Well, thank you, Eric, for joining us today. Let's give that website. The website is www.investor.gov. That's I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R dot G-O-V. And his toll-free number uh, is 1-800-732-0330. Is that right? That is correct, Gary. 800-732-0330. So if you, you have any need information about investments, especially if you're going to visit any of these particular uh, free lunches, free dinner investment, do give them a call. You can also visit their website to learn about all these particular investment decisions. It's a fabulous website. And, again, I appreciate you uh, coming back on the show again to emphasize to my seniors and boomer listeners out there in the Arklatex area that to be careful about these because it's going to be increasing uh, throughout this year and I'm sure the years to come. Thanks, Gary. Always a pleasure to speak to your radio listeners. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. So, please... Again, don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations. We hope that you'll join us next week for another show that can benefit you or your loved ones. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.